Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another episode of Hate Read. I'm Em. And I'm Anna. Every fortnight here on Hate Read, one of us challenges the other to read a book that we think they will hate. This past fortnight, I challenged Em to read the book Juliet Immortal by Stacey J. Mm. So, first things first, Em, did you finish this book? I did. Um, Yay! Okay, I don't know. Okay, here... I, I'm trying to stop saying here's the thing. Okay. <laughs> we covered this last time. So here's the thing. Okay. Every time we do one of these, I feel like it is my least favorite book I've ever read. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. this isn't the worst book we've read by far. Like, there are far worse books that we've covered on this podcast. This However, I've sat with it for about a day now. And I think this might be my least favorite book that I've ever read. <laughs> I was really upset by this book. And some of it wasn't the book's fault. Some of it was uh-huh. like extraneous stuff, which we'll get into when we get there. But like, I really, really hated this book. And I think part of it, I think part of it is because um, I was like kind of confused actually when you challenged me to read this because you said like, oh, you were looking uh-huh. for an adaptation. And that's like a thing that I really really like is adaptations Uh of stuff um Mm -hmm. but I shouldn't have doubted you because this was (laughs) like so this was a lot of things that I should like Mm -hmm. yeah I was really worried when you said you thought you had it (laughs) I think I own this book I was like oh shit (laughs) um yeah it was I don't understand why it was an adaptation I don't know it could have been any, it any two people. Why were we pretending this was Romeo and Juliet? That was weird. The fact yeah. that it was Romeo and Juliet, which is, as we kind of mentioned last week, one of the less good Shakespeare plays, depending how you read it and what you're reading it or, you know, watching it, depending like what you're watching it for, reading it for. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's my least favorite, so. it. Yeah, I, I don't want to – I did say it was less good. It's not that it's not – good like I don't want to have a bunch of angry Shakespeare nerds getting at me but I do come at me okay so at Anna <laughs> on this one uh, <laughs> but yeah it's definitely not one of my favorites so it's like not great source material weird use of source material mm-hmm. extremely and I mean, weird yeah and it's like again the the kind of premise of it sounds like something that Maybe not something I would read now, but definitely something mm-hmm. I would have been into as a teen. Like of, in 2011. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like of the um, doomed lovers separated by time and fate and all that sort of shit. Like that mm-hmm. seems like a thing I could, you know, be down for. But I just really hated this book a lot. <laughs> like a lot. Yes. A lot. I'm really sorry, <laughs> Stacey J. I'm sure you're a nice person, but like. I'm sure you have other better books because. The writing was not the worst. I hated read. the writing. I'm sorry. No, I it hated the writing. It was super purple, but yeah. like... I mean, mm. if you're into that, cool. But like... <laughs> it, was, it was a lot. Okay. Um, I guess we should talk about what it what this book yeah. is. Yeah. Why don't we get into this super fun plot of light versus dark? Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's always, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's always good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So, we open. It is Verona, Italy, 1304. There is a bunch of purple prose about Romeo and Juliet and how they love each other 
They're doing the nasty. And they're doing the do. Um, <laughs> and that's it. So there's a fun... It's yeah. not really even like a sex scene because it's a YA sex scene. So it's not like we're getting into it or anything. It's just like, mm-hmm. I felt his breath across my collarbone and like all that sort of thing where it's like, okay, we get it. Yeah, there is zero wing wings in this book. Yeah, no wing wings, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so fast forward. We are now in California. Mm-hmm. And okay, here's... Here's not the thing. Here's the situation <laughs> with this book. Um, there are like maybe five characters if you look at it mm-hmm. one way, but like a hundred characters if you look at it another way. Because there's a lot of like body sharing and like oh. different versions of the same character. Yeah. So, okay. So the character that we were just introduced to as Juliet wakens mm-hmm. in a new body of a girl named Ariel. So for the purposes of this podcast, when it is Juliet and Ariel's body, I will be referring to them as Jeriel. Jeriel, yes. <laughs> um, so Jeriel awakes. <laughs> she has been in a car accident, except it's not really an accident. Because... It's an accident of her own making. Yeah, so Ariel, the person who is the body that Juliet is now inhabiting before Juliet inhabits it. We find out. Pre-Juliet Ariel. Pre-Juliet Ariel. <laughs> Jeriel minus the J is this like depressed artist girl who went on a date with this boy named Dylan. Mm-hmm. Except it turns out that Dylan was only doing it for a bet. He was, she's all batting the situation. Yeah. <laughs> he tells her and she freaks the fuck out and purposely crashes the car in order to kill herself and Dylan. And Dylan. Like, that's what's happening, right? I'm Girl not, goes bonkers, she, yeah. She's trying to kill herself. And I don't know mm-hmm. if she's really trying to kill Dylan or if she's just an asshole who doesn't consider that this will have, you know... Like, Other consequences, yeah. I'm like, I get it, you're mad at him. and But you can't just kill a dude. Yeah. Like, the, because the thing was, like, that he bet... Or he accepted a bet that he could sleep with her, but then she found out before they slept together, so they never actually did it. Right. So, like, the consequence of the story is, I guess, like, you can be mad at Dylan, but, like, th- that doesn't constitute taking his life. Yes, and, like, nobody see- Juliet never blames Ariel for for this. No <laughs> like, one ever talks about it. Right. Juliet, It's well, just I mean, a like, thing be, that happened. To be fair, Jeriel doesn't care because Juliet doesn't care. And then Mm -hmm. Dylan dies essentially a little bit, little bit ahead, but Dylan dies. So there's not really anyone else who knows about this situation, Mm -hmm. but like Juliet was an outsider who came into this situation. And she's always like, anytime she talks about Dylan, she's like, wow, if he grew up, he'd be a murderer. Oh my gosh. He's so terrible. He's the worst. And I'm like, sociopath. Right. But Ariel actually tried to, and succeeded in killing yeah. someone, though. Like, so who's the real sociopath so like, there? <laughs> and I mean, they're they're both 18, so like, yeah, mm-hmm. there's there's room for... They're, you know, they have room to grow, but like the fact that nobody... The, the, the thing that is sad about this situation is that, oh, poor Ariel, she wanted to kill herself. And I'm like, 
Right, but she also tried but to kill a man. She also did murder. <laughs> she and did that's car- bad. She did a bad thing. Like <laughs> But yeah, it just and it does get just so glossed over. It just and 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 part of that is that there's a lot of action that occurs in this scene that we'll talk about next, mm. I'm sure, but like the accident happens, the consequences aren't exactly what they would be because of a thing. But like but Dylan does die. Yeah, Dylan's dead. Still. Ariel does kill a person, but no one cares. Right. Well, I mean, I guess no one else really knows besides Juliet. Well, yeah, well, that Ariel did it, but assumably when Juliet leaves yeah. Ariel's body, that's, that's, Dylan will still be dead and Ariel will still be there. That's a dealing plot line that needs to get wrapped up in the sequel to this, which exists. And I can't wait. So, Jeriel comes to and is like, we get a whole bunch of purple prose info dump about how oh so much boring Juliet. Okay, so Juliet died, except she got saved at the last second by Nurse, who is actually <laughs> a member of the good side, who are kind of like angels, kind of like vampires. Whatever doesn't matter. Um, yeah, angelic vampires. Angelic vampires. They're fight. They're called the ambassadors, and they're fighting against these. This group that's called the mercenaries. So the ambassadors recruited Juliet. So now she hangs out in like the void between life and death and occasionally comes back to earth and has to find two people who are on the brink of true love, which she does by seeing their magic pink auras. And when they become <laughs> true, they fall in true love, the auras become red and she knows she did a good. Mm-hmm. And she is often thwarted in this uh, goal by Romeo, who did the whole thing with the Juliet dying it's like, in order. Like the end of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, Spoiler in, alert. In order to... <laughs> become a mercenary so that he could live forever sort of but it turns out not really anyway um so he yeah. becomes a mercenary so he's supposed to stop Juliet and he gets to stay on earth and inhabit corpses but yes. gets to do stuff essentially so Juliet's real salty about the fact that she doesn't get yeah. to like do things in between her little jaunts as Cupid yeah, because so she's like, I've only lived on the Earth about 20 years, but Romeo has lived 700 years. Right. And because he just gets to hop from corpse to corpse and, like, kind of bring them back to life. Like, they, he doesn't look like a corpse. He is yeah looks like a regular person. So we get all this info dump. Mm-hmm. And then Jeriel is, like, looks over to check on Dylan or something, and Dylan it turns out, has been possessed by Romeo. So he will be referred to from now on as Dromeo. Um, <laughs> so Jeriel and Dromeo have a big old fight. They get some punching in. Um, I think Dromeo's head gets, like, dented yeah, by her shoving it into the car or something. I don't know. I think into, like, the rear view mirror or the ceiling of yeah. the car or something. Like, he gets a hole in his head. So that's fun. Um, mm-hmm. Jeriel climbs out the sunroof. Yes. And then runs towards civilization and is trying And scales a cliff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Scales a cliff. Uh, <laughs> and runs towards civilization and is like trying to figure out how to get away from Dromeo. And she sees mm-hmm. a car and she flags down the car. 
and the guy stops and she gets in the car and then they have like a 20 minute conversation about how he needs to drive and she jumps into the driver's seat while he's sitting in it to try to drive the car yes this is so frustrating which, like i was like this is ineffective and it took them like okay so first of all she can't find the accelerator mm-hmm. in the car mm-hmm. and neither can the driver of the car and i'm like there's two pedals right and, and like, his foot like, was assumably on one of them 18 different like, times where it's like I scrambled desperately with my foot trying to find the gas. And I'm like, there are only so many places yeah. <laughs> the gas pedal could be. Like, what They're is in she... a Corolla. Like, she's like upside down in his lap, pressing her foot against the ceiling. Like, I don't know where it I is. I can't find how to I make cargo. do cargo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's not a case of like, oh, the last time she was alive, they didn't have cars. It was like... The last time she was on Earth was 15 years before. Yeah. That, so <laughs> it's just like she can't figure out. She He's trying to ranch, ranch, ramp up the tension um, <laughs> in just this like really way too drawn out way. Awkward, awkward way. So yeah. the guy whose name is Ben um, is like, oh, hi. Why are you, why, why do you want me to drive the car? And she's like, just drive the car. And he's like, but, but why drive car? And she's like, we have to go. My date is going to kill us. And he's like, but I don't, why, why drive car? What do you mean? What do you mean, date? What do you mean, kill? What, what? And then finally, after like 10 minutes of this, Jeromeo like comes pounding on the door and Ben's like, oh shit, better go. So they drive away. (laughs) But not before Romeo punches his fist through. Oh the yeah. Window. oh yeah, that's what finally makes him like. Oh, I should have listened to you. Right, you weren't kidding. Like this girl who's desperate, who's like bleeding profusely, and is like, "We need yes. to go." Where this is how people die in horror movies. Like yes. <laughs> not to mention, like, if a woman is in this kind of state and she's like, you know, trying to get away, and she says like a guy is after me, like just do her just a solid, dude. Just, just like get her out of there. Don't point, try and can, get the whole story you before work you out trust the details her. later. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> um, if you if you already stopped your car to let her in, like I get you know maybe not wanting mm-hmm. to pick random people up in your car because they might be a murderer, yeah. but like she's already if you in already your took car, that first step, right? Yeah, so it's like. <laughs> If she's gonna murder you, she's gonna murder you. You're on a deserted <laughs> highway anyway. If she wanted to, this would be a good place to murder you. So there's really no reason that you shouldn't drive to a less murdery place. Like <laughs> fucking stupid. So so dumb. <laughs> so then we get some more info dump about Ariel and her life before Juliet stole her body which to be clear ariel's spirit is still somewhere out there and she will come back to this body later yes and will be given false memories and yeah stuff. The, this is how this works so we get more info dump about that and we get more info dump about how ariel is a sad who has a scar on her face oh and her <laughs> and ben um bond as they drive back to ariel's house essentially so yes ariel has a scar on her face which her mother hates and thinks is hideous and yells at her for going out of the house without makeup. Yes. Oh, my God. Her mother was the worst. Uh, her mother was... I, I was so confused about her mother because sometimes I was like... She does a complete 180 mm-hmm. later in the mm-hmm. book. Yes. Yeah. Um, but at, at this point, Ariel's mother seems terrible. 
mm-hmm. and we're kind of led to believe that her mom like abused her as a kid that was the like physically abused it, like it, it was, was so purple prosy you couldn't tell what happened yeah, yeah. <laughs> but something happened and her face got too facey um, yeah which again like I don't actually know how bad the scar was because it was so purple prose but she yeah. has a burn scar on her face um I don't think it was quite Deadpool but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't think, I think it, it was, was probably not like not noticeable I think it was probably like Phantom of the Opera in the Phantom of the Opera movie where mm-hmm. the mask comes off and it's like oh that's not that bad like I think that's <laughs> yeah. pretty much what it was yes um it, it, like this is not that bad you're still Gerard Butler like uh, <laughs> which again this girl Ariel she's like described as being so beautiful and Juliet looks in the mirror and is like oh my yes. gosh she's so pretty so like yeah again it's very you know whatever she's 18 she's allowed to be insecure <laughs> about her little face scar um especially if her mom's a terrible yeah, person yeah 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 her mom is definitely like gaslighted her into believing that you know everyone hates her because of her face scar. And it's like, no, everyone hates you because you're weird and don't talk to people. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Anyway, all this happens. Uh, Jeriel gets up the next day after so much discussion of cheese and a block of cheese. No, it was, here's the thing. It was cottage (laughs) cheese. It was cottage cheese, but she kept describing it as a chunk. And I'm like, what are you talking about? What are you doing? I totally missed the cottage cheese. I went back and looked like a block of cheese. I went back and looked because it was like, I was like chunk of cheese. When did she eat a chunk of cheese? And then it goes like, I went back and it was like, she's like listing things that are in the fridge. She's like, there wasn't much food in the fridge, just some expired cottage cheese. And I'm like, okay, how expired was this cottage cheese that you are describing it as a chunk? And she does so multiple times over the next, like, eight chapters. She's like, I'd had nothing to eat aside from that chunk of cheese. Chunk of cheese. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Maybe it was so expired it became a chunk. I guess, but I'm just like, Ugh. how long did you let that cottage cheese sit there? But she specifically says, she's like, it wasn't so bad. It just tasted, it tasted terrible, but it was okay. And I'm like... If it is cottage cheese, and if it has gotten to the point where it can be described as a singular chunk. (laughs) It's not good. It's not okay. You need to run away from that. It might come to life and kill you. (laughs) So, she eats the cheese. She goes to sleep. She gets up the next day. Her friend Gemma picks, or Ariel's friend Gemma picks her up to go to school. Gemma's like, oh my god. Gemma is also the worst. Gemma is the worst human. <laughs> and but again, this flip flops back and forth too because I don't know. Maybe she's okay. Who knows? At the end, it's like perhaps I had been misreading Gemma, Gemma because of my own selfish desires. And I'm like, but were you? Because she does yeah. mean things to you. <laughs> <laughs> she's not a she's not a good person to you. She calls you a freak mm. because of your scars. Mm. Um, but then, and then she at the tried end, to run you well, over with a car. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> well get we there. find out what we find out about Gemma at the end, but then it's like, well, then was it the other 
thing that was making her say and do those things yeah. because then that's also pretty hilarious yeah. to me because <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um a lot of lot of confusion. So Gemma picks yeah. her up, berates her a little bit and is like, "Oh my god, Ariel, uh I can't believe that you went on a date and didn't tell me." And she's like, "It was a terrible date and I nearly got killed." And Gemma's yeah. like, "Yeah, Dylan's trouble. Stay away from him." And Jeriel's uh, like, well, what about yes. you? What's going on with your life? Uh, is it that she's seen that she has the pink glow at this point, right? Yes, yes. I think so. Because she gets picked up and, and Gemma has the magic pink glow. So she's like, oh, gosh, uh-huh. she's one of the true love. I found yeah. the soulmate. Yeah. So she's got to figure out who she's supposed to be matched up with. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gemma's like, well, I did. I, there is a boy in my life. And I don't want to tell you about all of it yet. But like, it's. Definitely, there's definitely a guy. And there's... <laughs> it's like trying so hard to be vague and le- mislead us onto who... On is, multiple levels. What is happening. On multiple levels, as it turns out by the end. Um, so they stop at this coffee shop, and they get out, and then who walks in but Jeriel's savior from the night before, Ben. <gasps> oh my gosh, Ben. ben. But what's this? Ben has a pink glow, too. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. Oh, no. Ben and Gemma. Oh, my God. So Gemma, like, kisses Ben on the cheek and is like, oh, my gosh, this is the guy that I was talking about. And we've been hanging out. And Ben's, like, weird. So Gerald's like, I've yeah. got to get them together because they're in true love and they're meant to be. And I'm like, but you know. But it's going to be hard work because Gemma's kind of awful and Ben is not. Right. And also, um, they seem to, like, Ben seems to actively dislike Gemma. <laughs> yes. Um, and also, you would think that she would not be really super sold on this whole true love thing. Mm-hmm. Because of the whole... Because of, of her experience. Out. But she's like, yeah, no, they're in true love and they must be together. It's the only way. There's nothing better than true love. I'm like, but obviously not. Because, like... <laughs> Your true love got you dead. Like, um, real dead. <laughs> super dead, and now you're living this existence that you hate. Right. Which we so have like, to hear about all the time, how much she hates it. Um, and I think also we kind of skipped the fact that she is, um, Juliet is supposed to be able to contact the ambassadors oh, yeah. of light in this body. And her contact within the ambassadors is nurse, um, which... I understand they wanted to, to really hammer home that this was a Romeo and Juliet retelling, but could we have not come up with a different <laughs> name for this character other than just nurse? Right, like, even <laughs> even if we are to assume that, um, yeah, like, Juliet, because whatever she, because she, the thing that is the ambassador is not the same as Juliet's nurse. It took over Juliet's right. nurse's body for a little while, and now it talks to Juliet in the nurse's voice in order to be comforting. So, like, mm-hmm. it's not... Which is what I'm saying about there There are either five or a hundred characters in this book. Because, yeah. like, it is her nurse, but it isn't her nurse, but sometimes it is, but it's still called nurse. Mm-hmm. But, like, even if Juliet... Even if we're we're going with the, okay, Juliet's just going to call it nurse because that's what she knew it sort of as in her life. It's like, but didn't Uh that character have a name? And this is... Yeah, like, I don't buy that she just called her nurse her whole life. And this is what I'm getting to with, like, this is a bad adaptation, is that the reason I like adaptations so much is because I think it's really interesting and fun to see 
someone take something that we are all familiar with and answer mm-hmm. questions about it and be like, okay, so what, what was the nurse like? What was the nurse's deal? You know, like that's a question that we could answer about uh-huh. Romeo and Juliet, but this doesn't do that. This is just like, <laughs> what if we just pretended that that end was wrong and then we just did a completely different thing, but then we still said it was related to Romeo and Juliet. So it's not a good, it's not a good adaptation. It's not a good retelling. It's not a good continuation. It's like not no. answering any questions that I had about the original source. It's just coming up with a bunch of new bullshit questions that nobody ever had. Like, it's it's like the person, it's like Stacey J went and saw the cast list and summary of mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. production of Romeo and Juliet in a playbill and was like, yes. mm, I can write a story around that. Actually, you know what this is exactly <laughs> like? And this is what I was thinking the entire time I was reading this. Mm-hmm. This is exactly like when I was in high school and yes. in English class, sometimes <laughs> We would start some joke about like, hey, what if Sylvia Plath was a vampire? <laughs> That'd be cool, right? And then we'd like <laughs> joke about that in English class. So like, cool. that's the, it, it's not something that's you, what, yeah. you don't build a novel out of that. It's just a joke from English <laughs> class. You don't need to do this. <laughs> oh my God. Except how many people, 10,000 people have read this book at least on Goodreads, so... Well, I guess she didn't need to do it then. I just didn't need to read it. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we get to school. Honestly, I don't care about any of the bullshit that happens in school. No. It is all very boring. That's the part of these books that I dislike is like the need for the main character to maintain the facade, a high school life. Yeah. Like she actively admits that like she doesn't care what happens when she's gone. Well, she wants to make... Other than that, she kind of wants to make Ariel's yeah, life better. Yeah, she wants Ariel's life to be better. Mm-hmm. But... Like, I don't But I even don't when know. she's in just, fear for her life, she's still yeah, like, she's let still me go like, to I that place to where that guy's for sure gonna be for right. eight hours today. Like, So, essentially, the next, like, several chapters are... Jeriel goes to school, tries to get Gemma and Ben together. Ben and Jeriel keep having cute little conversations... And Dromeo is there being annoying. Dromeo is there being annoying. And that goes on for a while. Also, they're doing a production of West Side Story, which... Because LOL. Okay. Also, also a fun thing about this book is that the Romeo and Juliet by William Shakespeare was actually um, written because Romeo was friends with Shakespeare and told Shakespeare his story. Right. And so... And Juliet is very annoyed about it because it's wrong. Um, but we and don't, Romeo always quotes it at her. We don't really get told how it's wrong, which yeah, that's we'll true. get to later. Um, to me, it seems exactly the same. Well, we'll get to it in a minute. Um, <laughs> but so eventually, Jeriel realized, well, Gemma's little love aura becomes red. So she's like, mm. oh my gosh, she's like, really committed oh also i don't know if we mentioned the thing that romeo is attempting to do is to get one of the true lovers to kill the other one did we say that oh right yeah, yeah in order to make evil things evil. yeah that's like his whole deal is like so juliet's trying to hook him up romeo's trying to get one of them to betray the other and kill the other and become a mercenary like how he betrayed juliet yeah. so now jeriel is very worried because she's like oh shit like Ben 
is in trouble because Gemma is his true love and Gemma's a terrible person mm-hmm. who obviously would betray her true love in order to gain immortality because she's a bad person. Um, yeah. So I... <laughs> There's so much girl hate in this book. It's yeah. wonderful. Well, to be fair, the girls are terrible. Like Yeah, yeah. And the boys like, are. <laughs> and everyone is. <sighs> it's fine. You know, just when it comes to men, you can't, do, you can't trust your fellow female Mm-mm. at all. No, it's no, just... no. Well, because then we get a whole bunch of like... Gemma is mad at Jeriel because she thinks she's trying to steal Ben and is trying to use and Dylan, Dylan, who Gemma has a thing with apparently, which I thought what was going to end up happening was that um, Gemma was Romeo's true love. Oh, yeah. And that they together were working to like get Juliet to betray Ben, who was her true love. I thought that was the situation. That yeah, because there there were a couple because that moments would have yeah. made some sort of sense that this girl who is supposed to be best friends with this other girl mm-hmm. is behaving in this way, in this manner. Yeah. <laughs> so blah blah blah. We go on. There's more of this teenage drama. Eventually, Ben is like, I love you to Jeriel. And Jeriel's like, oh, my God, I love him, too. But, like, I can't remember what voice I was doing for her. Um, but, like. No, that was more Gemma. <laughs> I think it was that one. Oh, dang it. Well. Um, I think it was more, like, ethereal, like. Anyway. <laughs> okay, let's stop recording, rewind, and listen and see what the voice was. I think it was, like, almost a bad English <laughs> accent, but not quite, which doesn't really make sense because, like, she's Italian. But anyway. Uh, okay, so let's let's go so forward from here with a bad people. Italian accent. <laughs> it's a me, it's a Julietta. A Julietta. Oh, my. <laughs> what will I do? Now it's kind of becoming Transylvanian. <laughs> oh, no. Well, she's just so she's so worldly, uh, mercurial. Yeah. Just. Okay, so Juliet is like, um, I love Ben, but also uh, I want him to be safe, and also he can never love me because this isn't my body, and I don't have a body, and <sighs> I'm so sad. And also during all and, of this, I forgot to mention, yeah. and also also also, also plot. Romeo has been like. Hey, babe, uh, I have a magic spell that will turn you into a normal fucking person, I guess. I don't really know. Um, yeah, because apparently our contracts are up with the ambassadors and mercenaries, and they're just going to, like, shovel us into hell yeah, after this yeah. assignment. So, um, But if we do this magical spell together with true love between us, then we get bodies back, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, his whole thing is, like, love me again. So we can have and, bodies. But but in the next 24 hours, please. Yeah. So we can have bodies. And I'm just like... That, okay. It's such a weird thing. Like, love me again. Um, No. There's a lot that goes... More <laughs> that goes into it. I know, I know that, like, in your life, you instantly fell in love with her the right. first time. And she with you. Um, yes. And so that, that did work the first time where you could just kind of command her mm-hmm. to love you. But now she's a little bit... Uh, a little bit wiser to you, Romeo. She's not going to just, oh, okay, let me just flip that switch again. I'm romantically in love with you. Right. It's a very... I. Also, there are some ghosts. <laughs> oh, my God, the specters. So there's, like, these two, like... <laughs> this book is such a hot it's mess. So also, also, there's some ghosts, M says. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, like, these two ghost specter things that keep appearing to... Romeo and Juliet that are 
their dead bodies. Their OG their bodies. Their OG bodies, except Romeo's is rotting. Juliet's yes. is not. Juliet just looks like a 14-year-old girl, which... No, it has, like, a hole in her where she stabbed oh, herself. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's, like, a big you're old right. fucking hole. But, <laughs> but aside from that... Not, like, a stab wound, just a gaping yeah. hole. So they keep, like, showing up and kind of chasing them, and Juliet's keeps being, like, love, love, you must trust love. Love is love. love. Just love. And love, love. Me love you. Love. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, you're just saying love and random She's nouns love. at this point. Like, random pronouns. Like, you need to... She love. He, he love. It wombo. You wombo. You he, wombo. she, it he, wombo. She, it wombos. <laughs> oh, my God. So, this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> and then Romeo's is like uh, just running around on all fours. Romeo's is like essentially. Have you seen the show Big Mouth? Yeah. Okay. Romeo's. I picture Romeo's is as like the puberty, the, the puberty monster, the old one, the hormone monster. Sorry, not the puberty monster. Oh yeah, the that's what it is. The hormone monster. Sorry. That's like the real no. jank hormone monster. No. That's how I'm picturing Romeo's. <laughs> We're like it's real creepy looking, but he just wants to be nice and have fun. Like we'll have to remember to. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. That's how I picture Romeo's <laughs> spirit ghost in this book. It's so gross. <laughs> it's just like kind of falling apart, but it's doing its best. Um, oh. So all of that is going on. None of it really matters. Um, ben and Juliet want to be in love, but Ben is kind of technically in love with. Ariel because it's her body but like Ariel also doesn't really exist at this point so yeah there's a lot of weird like who would be in love with who yeah like Juliet's like if I was in a different body in my own body would Ben still love me would Ben recognize me Mm -hmm. or would Ben just be in love with Ariel and nurse comes around and is like well Ariel will well, your love for Ben will change Ariel so that she will be able to love Ben also which that is terrible which i hate it i don't yeah and i'm just that's not comforting at all either to her i'm sure like well because that's the whole thing with the ambassadors is they're like oh you have to be all selfless and whatever but also not really because as it turns out like we said they're like angel vampires where they're feeding off of love yes they need the love to keep them powerful and immortal yeah Anyway, so all of this is going down. There's also a bunch of bullshit with Romeo, little intermessos where Romeo meets up with various things and plots and is busy being evil. But it could have easily been taken out and it wouldn't have affected the plot at all. Um, We didn't need it, it, especially if he was getting a sequel. It's whatever. So... (laughs) Where the fuck are we even in this plot? Um, Um, Ben says, I love you to her. And she says, I can't love you back because, well, I love you, but I can't tell you because then Dromeo will come kill you. So, so she runs away. away. At some point, when do they have the fight? Is that before or after? That's after the love. That's after. After he's, yes, because they have the fight. Okay. So they're at theater practice right yes 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 because they're at or is that when he runs after her in the rain because she ran away from the principal because they got in a fight fuck i don't it doesn't it doesn't matter there was there was also a fight there was a fight where (laughs) dromeo tried to fuck with jeriel and ben saw it and pulled him off of him and there was some punching 
There was some light punching. Mm-hmm. Yes, and they all got escorted to the principal's office, except for Julia or Jeriel ran away randomly into the rain. Yeah. And then Ben was somehow able to follow her and, and got expelled. Well, they, they he confessed his love, and then maybe she runs after... I don't know. She runs after him at some point. There's a lot of running after each other. The running after him is when, is after they go to the meeting. Uh, no, is after. No, it's before after the she, meeting. Her, she hitchhikes home. She hitchhikes home and her mom picks her up. Yes. And then, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. She okay. hitchhikes home. Her mom picks her up. Her mom is suddenly the best mom ever. Like, ever. <sighs> she was so, she's so sweet. So supportive. Mm-hmm. Jeriel's like, oh, I get it now. My mom is saying these things because, like, she loves me and wants to protect me. And that's all. And she's just not good at expressing it. But also her mom is yeah. very good at expressing everything. And is like, you can. It's a completely different Yeah, person. she's like, you can do whatever you want. You're great. You can you can go after this boy. He's fine. You seem fine. Yeah. Use a condom. We're going to have a good, like, really actually very good discussion about birth control right now. Because I'm a good parent. And, like. Yeah. I was like, but, and also we find out that uh, Ariel's face got scarred because her mother was moving a pot of water from the boiler to the sink and like tripped and spilled the water on her face, I think. Some, I think she was carrying her. Maybe, but that's how her face got messed and up. She, it was a, and she was kind of drunk and so. Right, but it was a total accident. There was no abuse whatsoever, so. It's fine. They're fine. Their relationship is beautiful now. Yeah. And she's like, so I, so the mom was like, I've always been standoffish because I thought you hated me for what I did to you. Because when you were a little baby in the hospital, I wasn't allowed to touch you while you were in pain. And then I saw in your eyes that you decided to hate me then. And Juliet's like, I thought you always hated me because, well, I guess Jeriel. Jeriel's like, I thought you always hated me because you had me too young and blamed me for all of your life's problems. And also because you called me ugly without makeup, like probably on a regular <laughs> basis and said I would never have a boyfriend and I only have one friend. And what was I supposed to believe? You're, you're kind of and closed off. Her mom, me, mom is like, I didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Her mom's like, I never did and that. Honestly, I like, you of, never once called me beautiful. I kind of believe mom at this point. I'm like, <laughs> Maybe she didn't. Maybe this was all in her head. I don't know because it's such a 180. It's like yes, and we get and the authors like been kind of giving us these signs that didn't amount to anything that were like Ariel's memories have become really buried and I cannot um, discern them like I would normally be able to do with a host. Um, it's really weird, but then like it like never means anything. She's clearly repressing so. some terrible thing that happened to her. Yeah, which again I, maybe in the sequel. I don't know, but anyway, so, <laughs> so stupid. Juliet Jeriel has this conversation with Ariel's mom, who gives her permission to run after Ben. She takes her mom's car, goes to find Ben, or she calls Ben first, and yes. Ben is like, "It's Ben's sister-in-law who suffers from that problem that some characters suffer from, where they have no characterization aside from being really invested in getting people together." Like, yes. his sister-in-law, who has never met her, is like, you're great. Ben's great. You guys should fuck, essentially. Yeah, <laughs> you should be patient and wait for him, because you totally deserve to be together. You guys are the best couple I've ever seen in my life. And it's like, but you haven't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They've never been together before. Right. They're not together now. They weren't together prior. And you've never met her. Like, why are you yeah, doing they- this? 
They've only known each other two days. Uh, but the sister-in-law's like, oh, he's in the other room talking to Gemma. And then she goes to get him and Gemma and him have left. So Ariel's like, mm-hmm. or Jeriel's like, fuck, fuck, fuck. He, Gemma's going to kill him. Like this is Romeo mm-hmm. turned her. Dromeo got, got, got to her. He's toast. So she goes chasing after them in the car after getting permission from her now wonderful mother. Um, <sighs> Who lets her do anything. Oh my and God. And respects her decisions. Um, <laughs> so she goes after him. She figures out where they're at through, you know, thinking. Uh, <laughs> 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 and um, they get, she gets there and she goes like towards the barn to get to them. And then Gemma tries to fucking run her over with a car. <laughs> Which, okay, that is not at all skewing Gemma's personality into being hateful because you want her boyfriend. Right. That is like just straight up, she tried to she kill tried you for to no reason. She tried to murder you. Again, like, like, I guess maybe because this is all about immortal souls, so like we don't care about murder, but like I do actually care about murder. Like that girl tried to murder yeah. that other girl, and that other girl <laughs> tried to murder the guy and succeeded. So like everybody's murdering people, but nobody cares. Like, But no one cares. It's just all about right. love. It was all for the, all in the name of love, so uh, you know, free pass. So Gemma tries to straight up run over Jeriel. Ben pulls her out of the way and is like, "Oh my god, I can't believe that Gemma tried to murder you." And it's like, "Yeah, I can't either because that's a legitimately insane thing to happen." <laughs> because that is something you need to call the police about. Um, they have a talk and decide that they're in love, mm-hmm. and I think Jeriel like straight up tells him at this point, that she's in love with him. But also, yes. they can't be together. And mm-hmm. a lot of that sort of back and forth happens. Um, and I don't care. Yes. And yeah, yeah. And at this point, you're like, there's a hundred more pages right. in this book. At this point, like I was like, this is the end of the book, right? No, I'm at it 60%. Has this is insane. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what else can what happen? What can happen? A lot, well, it turns out. Um, yes. So they go to the meeting the next day about whether or not who should be expelled. And at this point, one of the grossest things in this book happens. Oh my God. <laughs> and that is, so it turns out like Jeriel's kind of like figured out that like Gemma and Ben might not be the ones who are true love. Gemma's true love is someone else who she hasn't been able to see mm-hmm. their glowy glow yet. Um, mm-hmm. And it turns out at this meeting, that person is the 22-year-old student teacher who student teaches them. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it is just mentioned like, well, Gemma was 18 now, so I guess I guess that's fine. But he's like, his glowy glow is still like pink because he's not really sure about it. It's like, yeah, he probably shouldn't be because he, he probably shouldn't is be. a student teacher and that is a student. Mm-hmm. And he needs to not be having romantic conversations with her or whatever else they're doing. And here's the thing. Should never have gotten into Should that never have been in the yeah. situation to have a pink glowy glow with her. And yes, we are told at the beginning of the book that the only way that Gemma communicates with boys is by hooking up with them. So, like, I don't feel comfortable <laughs> with no. saying that this was a chaste relationship before. You know, like, I'm like, mm, okay, okay, mm-hmm. gross, gross. Yeah. I'm not. Well, and then there, 
we find out a little bit later that, like, Gemma goes to his house to confess her love to him. Like, what do you think happened there right. to make him convinced that they were soulmates? Because, at the at, like, the next time we see him, he's, like, bright red or whatever because they... Are soulmates. Assumably consummated their love. I don't or know. Because that's the thing with the whole true love thing. I don't know what the rules are, but there's a lot of talk about how you have to choose your true love and you have to commit to them and whatever. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Gross. How far is the commit? Right. Yeah. Like, I don't... I don't know if they just like did the Disney kiss thing and that turned as glowy glow red, but it's gross either way. Um, Cause he's, he's, he's a teacher. I mean like student teacher is still a teacher at their school. Like it's still a position of right, power over right. her. And I mean like, yeah. it's not like he's helping to direct the musical that she's in, which is mm-hmm. also gross. And like, he she and is in his class like it's gross like yes and and she yes she is 18 but this is like a huge like she's a high school senior he is a college mm-hmm. senior like that's huge amount of life experience difference and i'm really sorry that this podcast has just turned into us shaming teen adult <laughs> relationships but that's where we're at with these books guys <laughs> you know i think that's still a message that needs to be spread apparently like, like don't Teens do it. don't have relationships with adults. Like you're a teen. Yeah, they're an don't. adult. If if you're a teen and you're listening to this podcast and your 22 year old student teacher is like, I think I might be in true love with you. Like, just mm. no. He can wait yeah. if you guys are actually meant that to is be. true. He he can wait until yes, you wait get until out of college. You're not in a working relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Like anyway. Um. <laughs> so uh. that happens. So. That was gross. And we also find out at this point that Ben has already been expelled because he came to this school. He was like a new kid at school at the beginning of this book. And we knew all of this stuff Uh that like he was in trouble at his last school. He beat up some guy because that guy like tried to beat up his pregnant girlfriend. So Ben like tried to defend her until the police could get there. Mm -hmm. Although we only know that from Ben's point of view, like this is all from so really, yeah, he could have he could have just because um, another thing that Ariel's mom points out is like, yeah, violent people usually have excuses for why they're violent. That doesn't mean they're not yes. violent and possibly a problem. And maybe you shouldn't want to be around that person or like commit yes. to that person until they work that out, which is a very good point that Juliet then uh-huh. instead of thinking, hey, yeah, she's probably right. I should maybe pump the brakes. She goes, oh, my gosh, I'm a violent person because I want to kill Romeo. And I'm like, that's not at all what she said in any way, shape, or form. You haven't done anything violent in this entire... What are you talking about? No. Because Juliet's gone back and forth on whether or not she wants to kill Romeo herself or just let him, like, go to hell or, like, what what exactly she wants to happen with Romeo. What she can do to fix the yeah. situation. So, um, then... So, well, yeah, so he gets expelled from school because because of his criminal past, but, like, he was cleared of all charges. And also that happened before he attended the school. And also, yeah. it's a public school, and I don't think... Like, I don't... I don't know. I don't know how that... Like, there, you don't get a permanent record. Like, that's not something that, like... Yeah, it was, it was a very... I don't it know. It was just, you know... They needed to expel Ben. and Because at this point, Dromeo is like, I did it. Because originally, Gemma was like conspiring to talk, to tell, tell a, a lie. lie. 
and then Romeo's like yeah. Romeo's like oh no like Ben Ben and uh Jeriel were provoked like it was my fault and he like takes the fall because he's had a come to Jesus moment um yes but nothing happens to him and Ben doesn't get unexpelled right. so what was the point I don't know uh Who knows? so then I think it's the play is the next kind of big thing right Yes, the play happens and shit goes crazy. So the play happens and it's West Side Story and Juliet Jeriel is portraying Bernardo, mm-hmm. except as a girl. So it's called Bernadette. Except she's not. She's understudying essentially. She's the yeah. She was doing the scene mm-hmm. painting. Because um, Gemma was supposed to be the character, but Gemma went to go confess her love right. to her adult student right. teacher. So Jeriel is left to do the part. And in the fight scene, Dromeo just straight up stabs her because he thinks it is better that they just die and are just dead. Or at least that Juliet said. That Juliet said, rather than possibly getting turned into a mercenary or getting dragged to hell by her soul ghost thing. Because he thinks that's what's going to happen. So as an act of mercy, he tries to, he kills her, which mm. we then find. And his, his body is like kind of rotting and stuff at this point too, because neither of them have their full mm, powers yeah. for whatever reason. That's not ever, I guess it's not explained why he doesn't have his full I powers, think just but she doesn't I have her full powers. I think it's just because their contract's up. Like I think. Yeah, that could know. be. Yeah. But this is then the point. It's, it's not really fully explained. The book that I hated this book, but it wasn't really the book's fault. Um, mm-hmm. Chapter 22, where Romeo pulls out a gun and does the school shooting. Just, you know, a Just casual school in shooting. In the theater. Um, so, like, for this, to some extent, like, this was written in 2011. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have this climate where, like, we were all kind of. I guess it's happening happening every every other day day and we're all kind of tired of school shootings. Um, But first off, like I started tearing up at this point because like, which is ridiculous Mm -hmm. because like, I don't care about any of the people in this book, but like, (laughs) I don't know, like just the idea of like high school kids getting gunned down isn't like, I don't want that to be used as a set piece in a YA fantasy novel. Like it was gross. And for no other purpose than to like, push the plot along in a way that could have been done literally any other way. Like he's basically just trying to cause a distraction so that no one notices Juliet is bleeding out. Like just do the fan of the opera thing, make a fucking chandelier crash. Like why do we have to do a school shooting? Yes. Or set a small fire or literally anything else. But like, yeah. So that was gross, but like, or even just yell fire. Like you've got (laughs) options, man. Like, come on. Yeah. It was, it was a very gross. Um, but again, it was, like, I don't want to ding the book too much for that specifically because it wasn't the atmosphere. Like, it wasn't written in the atmosphere that we are currently in. So, I mean, I feel right. like it was way grosser than, like, if I had read yeah, it in 2000. Yeah, not that school shootings were ever right, tolerable. But, it's like, but it was. It's like, it just feels. It certainly wouldn't have gone down today if it was yeah, published yeah. today. Um, it's yeah. like when you see, like, a movie made pre-9-11 and the trade center is still in the new york skyline yeah it was like that mm-hmm. where i was like oh this was written at a different time like you know yeah so that happens chaos ensues 
Mm-hmm. And, God, what? Ben is waiting for her at the back okay. door. Because he said, meet me at intermission because I'm going to want to say goodbye to you because I'm getting mm. shipped off to live with someone in Yeah, LA. like his aunt or something. So she yes. runs off to go to him and is, like, dying. And she, Yeah, she, like, crawls her way to the back yeah. door somehow. And he's like, oh, my God, you're dying. And she's like, you got to go. You got to get to get safety. Out, get out while you can. And he's like, wow, this is really reminiscent of that time in the car where you kept telling me to do a thing and I didn't do the thing and then a bad thing happened. And I just didn't do it. Um, but, so mm-hmm. she keeps being like, you need to go. And he keeps being like, well, yeah, but, like, you're dying. So, like, we should probably deal with that. Which, like, fair. Um, yeah. And, oh, so, like... I kind of skipped over this part with nurse. So nurse comes back and we talked about like, you know, she has some conversations with Juliet. And one of those conversations is like, she comes back in Gemma's body. Oh yeah. She, so Gemma has been like kind of possessed by nurse this whole time, which could explain some of the behavior, but not all of it. And also, yeah. Like, was it nurse that was trying to run over Juliet? Like, that's in the car? not cool. We don't know. But um, <laughs> was nurse the one that was calling her an ugly freak? We don't know. <laughs> nurse, I hope so. Nurse is just like this little bitch. I'm done with her. Like, I've had to deal with her for I'm seven so years. I'm so sick of her shit. Because this is the thing. Nurse is like, you can't go on to the good possible. You don't get the, you don't good, get the ending. good ending because of a thing. And I can't tell you what that thing is because I'm cryptic. And that's what we ambassadors do. And I'm like, that's a choice that you've made. And you could just not do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But so yeah. nurse gives her a vision of her first death, at which point Juliet, from nurse's perspective. So it's essentially, mm-hmm. it plays out exactly like the end of Romeo and Juliet. And Juliet's like, oh, my God. Romeo didn't kill me. I killed myself. And I was like, wait, you didn't know that? <laughs> yeah. I was also very confused on that like, point. I was like, I I thought that that's what did happen. She's been blaming Romeo this whole time. And I thought it was like, oh, I'm blaming Romeo because he caused this. But apparently mm-hmm. he, she literally thought that Romeo stabbed her was what she but thought. That but that was, was not, not made clear. apparent. At all. So Juliet has this big revelation of like, oh, I hate myself because I killed myself and I've carried the guilt around low these 700 years, though I repressed it. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense and is gross. And also like, because essentially the whole her whole ability to move on is that she has to forgive Mm -hmm. the people who caused her death. And I'm like, no. You should still blame Romeo. <laughs> like, you were still a fourteen-year-old girl, and he was still eighteen, and it is still upsetting. There's some manipulation yeah. there going on. Um, he wanted to do the nasty with you, but you had to be married to do it, and no one wanted you to get married. We also get this whole thing from Romeo about how, like, his whole reason for doing the whole thing in the first place was that a he thought that they had no other options because. Like, they couldn't be together and they wouldn't survive mm-hmm. in the world, you know, without a job and whatever. They had no money. And yeah. also, he was promised by the mercenaries that, like, Juliet would have a good afterlife, essentially. Mm-hmm. So he thought he was being merciful. And that is a stupid, stupid thing to think if you're he's, arranging he's someone's He's got a big death. issue with that. Like, yeah. Yeah. So this happens. Um... And um, 
in it, she's like, I have to forgive myself. So I did. And I felt super powered because of it. Yeah. And like, she suddenly like, she's like this huge weight is lifted off her shoulder. Like, honey, that's 700 years of baggage you're carrying yeah. around. You don't just get to say like, oh, okay, I did it now. I'm good. I'm, I'm perfectly self-actualized. I don't need yeah. therapy, mom. <laughs> Jeriel's dying. Mm-hmm. Ben's been stabbed or is shot or something. He's dying too. Who cares? Um, yeah, they, well, he's taken out of the hospital, and they and their car is hit mm. by Dromeo and Dromeo's creator, the Friar character from Romeo and right. Juliet, the play, who has taken on the appearance of Dylan's best friend, Jason. Yeah. So they're both dying. <laughs> so Friar Jason. Friar Jason has killed them. Nurse Gemma shows up and is like, okay, I'm going to give you some options. Option one is like you did it you became self-actualized you get to go be an angel vampire with me and like me and she's like no i really don't want to do that because Mm -hmm. ben and then the nurse is like okay option two because ben can't go (laughs) option two i'm gonna reset the timeline to back when you first another universe right so when you became ariel and you get to do it again and do it correctly and just focus on the Gemma and the creepy teacher thing. And then you'll be done and everything will be lovely and Ben will be fine. And also all of those kids who were traumatized by a school shooting won't have gone through that. And that would be great. And like, nah, but also this is the point where nurse is like, Hey, there's alternate timelines. And I'm like, it is way too late in this book. Yeah. To she be just pulling this shit. Like, like yeah, I will send you to an alternate universe where um, you can you won't have him as a soulmate, but like yeah, you this know, was like some you'll still get to do. This your is job. like some Lost Writer season six bullshit. Like it was dumb. I, I, you can't you can't introduce alternate universe as like the last thing in the book. That's it's like the same thing as like I woke up it with Audrey. Yeah. <laughs> and it gets into too many like it gets into too many questions that we can't dive into like we don't have time for this we have like yes. 5% left of this godforsaken book we don't have time to get into like what this means <laughs> is there like a ver- so like there's the version of the world where everything went terrible and there's like a version where everything was cool I don't know it's just a mess um, <laughs> so Juliet's like not nah, don't want that either yeah I want to have loved and be yeah. loved and then she dies and then, like, yes. she follows her ghost spirit, I think. The ghost spirit shows up. Well, she, like, reaches out to the yeah. ghost spirit as she's dying. Yeah. Yes. And then we get the last bit. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so stupid. <laughs> Where Juliet awakes in 1304 Italy and is like, fuck, I'm in a tomb. Help, help, help. Help me get out. And then who shows up but Benvolio. Oh, who saw that shit coming? Um, oh my and God. Benvolio looks exactly like Ben and is Ben question mark. Yeah. Somehow. Um, and Juliet's like, Oh cool. You saved me. And Benvolio's like, Hey, Romeo ran off with your cousin Rosaline. Cause she's pregs. And mm-hmm. Juliet's like, okay, that's cool. And Benvolio's like, uh, weren't you guys married? And Juliet like is like, yeah, fam, but it's cool. And Benvolio's like, hey. <laughs> it was secret because because Fry the Friar's office oh, yeah. lit on fire. <laughs> so and all so the all proof of their marriage was gone. And then uh, yeah. Juliet's like, hey, um, I think we should be in love now. And Benvolio's like, 
I guess I'm okay with this. And then they make out and that's the book. And then he's like, I really am I, okay Oh, yeah, because she's like, I think it'll take a few more, like, it'll take more than three days this time. And then they make out, and he's like, nah, fam, like. <laughs> it'll take less, less than three, than three days, days for me. We in wink, love. Wink. Um, and also, she's yes. 14. And-, and this, again, gets into the, like, creepiness factor, because, okay. Like, yes. And the whole problem of, like, how do you measure age with immortals, right? Because it's like, mm-hmm. her body is 14, she lived through an alternate timeline is... for 700 years. So, yeah. like, from one angle, it's creepy for her to end up with Ben or Benvolio because she is significantly older than them. From another, yes. t- like, another way, it's creepy for Benvolio to end up with her. Looking at it another way, it would have been creepy if she got her original body back and then showed up to Ben and was like, hey, baby, it's me that girl you're in love with. And Ben was like, but you're 14. <laughs> so that would have been creepy too. And then also like, there was no happy ending. Romeo is like, looks like he's 16 to 18. I don't remember. Um, but mm-hmm. has lived for 700 years and is trying to, and then like Juliet has been in like stasis sort of. So she's really only lived for like 20. So he's way older, but wants her to be in love with him. It's just, there's too many layers of like, who's actually however many years old. Yes. I just feel like none what of them should is be appropriate. Yeah, no, no. They're, they they should have all just said, you know what? Let's just get a hard restart on all of not. this. Let's pretend none of us yeah. know each other and we'll part ways. Right. <laughs> like, we'll go do our own because thing. Then we get this stupid coda at the end where it's Romeo. Oh my God, I don't he, think I even read this. You did it? Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> hold on. So hold there's on, a coda. I'm going to go read it and Romeo then I'll react in real like, time. So just give me a minute. Because I went and I like researched the sequel because I wanted to know but I totally missed I was just so done I didn't even like go forward one I don't blame you hold on well (laughs) that was as dumb as the rest of the book it is very stupid so in the coda Romeo's body so he because he went against the mercenaries rules by one trying to break their contract with Julia early and telling her secrets of the mercenaries and two trying to kill Juliet before the mercenaries could take her and get her power or whatever. He's being punished by, he's able to um, feel pain and other emotions, but he has the magic that was keeping his body rejuvenated is now lost. And so he's just like rotting away until he'll eventually just become a phantom spirit that floats around and haunts people, I guess. And so he crawls into some hole and he's really sad about it. And then an ambassador approaches him and says, you know, um, this is kind of controversial, but I would like to recruit you to our side. But before I fully do that, I have to give you this mission where I'm going to send you to an alternate universe (laughs) where you are Dylan, you like you take over Dylan's body and you have to teach Ariel how to love, um, not not that you have to go and be in love with her. It's that you have to get her to believe in love again by making her fall for you and then assumably fucking off after he, like, right. accomplishes this feat. Um, but we're going to start from the moment where Ariel drives the car off the cliff. <laughs> at like, the they, couldn't of the have, they couldn't have, like, rewound a little bit to, like, when Dylan took the bet or anything like that. Yeah. Like, yeah, like no, nah. no, it had to be that moment. No, nah, it got to be this where one. Where it would be. 
at its most difficult. And so he says, I don't really want to become an ambassador, but I'll take that bet because it has to be better than being a ghost forever. (laughs) Because then maybe I will serve my contract as an ambassador and then die and then have a happy ending that hopefully Juliet got. (laughs) So that's fun. And pretty dumb. So stupid. It's just like... And again, there's like literally no reason for these characters to be called Romeo and Juliet. Like none. No, it could have been anyone. Like just to do the Ben Benvolio setup. Like that's why you did this to us. Like why? (sighs) Which again, that was like, you know, from the beginning, if you have any passing knowledge of Romeo and Juliet and you're like oh hey here's a book that's like a Romeo Juliet adaptation thing and there's a dude called Ben like of course he's gonna be fucking related to Ben Volia yeah. somehow like uh, I assume <laughs> that Juliet has constantly been saying I feel like I know right. him I feel like I know him from um, somewhere Where do I, I know assumed him? that you know none of this bullshit alternate universe thing was gonna happen and it would just be like it would turn out that he was an ambassador too or something and was Ben Volio like you know I thought Ben was going to be Romeo's creator. I thought he was mm. going to be the friar. Mm. Yes. Um, but then I didn't know what was going to happen, like, if Juliet was going to really end up with Romeo. Because I knew the title of the sequel was, like, yeah. Romeo Redeemed or something. So I was like, oh, well, maybe she does end up back with Romeo. Um, but no. Mm-mm. No, she ends up with Ben. No. Which, interestingly, this ben isn't Bolio. the only Romeo-Juliet adaptation or, like, continuance or whatever I've read where Juliet ends up with Benvolio. Like, that's a pretty common, like... Yeah, huh. like people, I didn't. Realize. Yeah, like I've read a couple other books where that happens, where you know, like for whatever reason, fanfiction.net. She's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, well, that's it. No, she's like essentially, you know, Benvolio gets like a lot of love from people who are kind of into the idea of Romeo and Juliet, but also think the two characters of Romeo and Juliet are fucking morons. Um, mm. So. Yep, here's one. Benvolio Montague is an enigma to none but himself. A modern take on Romeo and Juliet set in the same time period with a very important plot twist. <laughs> yeah. So <I'm, clears throat> they wrote the fic. Uh, yeah, so there's there's precedent for that uh, shipping, I guess. Of That's you so know. funny. It's got all of the good parts of Romeo Juliet, of the Romeo Juliet ship, you know, the star-crossed lovers from warring families without having to deal with Romeo because he's fucking mm-hmm. terrible. <laughs> yeah, not the best. Um, but yeah, uh, on that kind of note, which of these characters did you most relate to? Um, Romeo, just because he got to kill everybody. Cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> which is what I wanted to Fair. do. Um, but not for any other reason. That was the only way I related to him. I don't go around seeking out relationships with 14-year-old girls. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> How about you? There you go. <laughs> Which character do you relate to, Em? Um, Ariel's mother in chapter, like, 20 through 25. Where she was good Where mother, she was not good bad mother. Yeah. And okay. wanted to, like, share her knowledge of, like, birth control and how to recognize that was abusive cool. relationships. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, she's nicely, nice nice and supportive. Which was also, good segue for once, my silver lining for this book was that mm-hmm. it had some good messages in terms of, like, that sort of thing, where it was like, yeah, hey, it's okay if you want to have sex as a teenager, but do it safely. Um, 
It's okay. Yeah, there was some girl hate, but there was no sex shaming. Yeah. So. Like, and it, it did, you know, discuss things pretty, like, openly and frankly in that regard. But mm-hmm. all of the rest of the messages were so terrible. Like, hey, it's fine to, yeah. you know, be in love with your 22-year-old student teacher. And also, no, you should not. forgive the guy who led to your death. And, you know... It's not so bad if you kill people if you have a reason. <laughs> but only if the reason is love. <laughs> or they really, really pissed you off with their bet. That's fine, too. You can that kill That is them also then. a good reason to kill. <laughs> what about you, Silver Lining? I liked that I didn't know how it was going to end. Fair, fair. It did take some, some sharp yes. turns. Because especially with a YA, you feel like, you know, in the first third of the book, you're like, okay, so here's going to be the rest of the, mm-hmm. the the beats of the story. And, like, I don't really need to continue reading this, but I have to because I'm doing a podcast on this. So, <laughs> but this book, I didn't really, I kept thinking it would go one way and then it would, like, subvert yeah. it in a completely stupid and unnecessary way. And that really made me angry. Like, it, I'm not happy with the ending, <laughs> but I didn't know alternate universes were going to yeah, come definitely. into play. That was <laughs> so. a shock. <laughs> Oh jeez! Oh jeez! Oh jeez! Oh jeez! Um, yeah, what yeah. a mess. So, um, I had chosen. I was really thinking hard about a rather be reading mm-hmm. for this week because this book was so bizarre. Like, I don't know if I've really read a book kind of quite like this, and I didn't want to just go for like a retelling or something. Oh, that's what I went but, for. So that's fine. I've got that covered. <laughs> But there is a book on my bookshelf, and I haven't read it yet, um, but I own a copy of it, and I keep meaning to get to it, but it's a really big book, so it might be a minute, um, called Life After Life by Kate Atkinson, mm. which is a story about a woman named Ursula who is um, keeps being reborn into her life, I believe, and it kind of explores the way that our choices affect our lives, and I think, like, she you know, makes choices and ends up dying, but then gets reborn and gets to make a different choice mm. to see. So I think it's kind of like a butterfly effect, but then also has this rebirth uh, theme plot yeah. that Juliet Immortal tried to do. Mm-hmm. So that was mine. If it's good, let me know. I'd be like, you know, <laughs> send an email or at me on the Twitters. Um, <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. I might have to check that out. Um mm-hmm. My pick this week is pretty much just any good retelling of anything because <laughs> of anything. I just really I yeah, like literally anything. Like I really do love like adaptive works, you know? Mhm. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, and I've for sure. I talked about this I think on a different podcast that I guess it on, but um yeah, like any sort of book that's like, "Hey, it's this fairy tale, but we're going to do it in modern times or we're going to do it you know, we're just going to retell it and explain all the things that don't make any sense. Like, super into that. Love all of that. Um, if yes. I have to pick one specifically, my favorite for a while has been uh, Song of Achilles by uh, Madeline Miller, mm-hmm. um, which is a really lovely retelling of the story of Achilles and uh, the Iliad. Mm-hmm. So that's my pick. And if not That's that one, one, literally any retold fairy tale or Shakespeare or fucking Jane Austen, yeah. anything, 
like anything. Even I would even suggest reading the original Romeo and Juliet yeah, before I would suggest sure. reading this book because romance. Or maybe just like another Shakespeare play. Like I don't know, go support your like local Shakespeare company. You know? Yeah, yeah. Do that instead of reading this book. I mean, obviously, if this sounds like a book you'd like, go check it out. You can, you know, buy the sequel and read that and tell us if it's terrible or not. Like, again, don't want to yuck anyone else's yum. And obviously, there's a book out there for everybody. This book was just unless not you're an adult who me. is into children. Yeah, we, we do want to yuck, yuck that, that very heavily. That's not cool. Um, <laughs> if there is a stance we are willing to take on this podcast, definitively. <laughs> It is that one. one. (laughs) (laughs) We are the leading podcast in not appreciating pedophilia. So I think that's pretty much it for this fortnight. Uh, Yeah, I'm definitely done done with with this this. book. Cool. Um, (laughs) So next week we're actually not, I will not be joining you on the next episode. Um, Beloved listeners. Instead, you're going to have a special treat which is Anna not having to be interrupted by me every five seconds. (laughs) It was so hard, though, being the one that was, like, having to be in charge of the the conversation of the podcast. It was just said a lot of things you normally say, and it felt really weird. You are going to be covering... Yes, Ready Player One by Ernest Cline with my friend Lindsay, who challenged me to read the book... I liked it the first time I read it and had a lot of different opinions the second time. Cool, cool, cool. So prepare for that. So we've got the guest episode next fortnight. And then after that is going to be another rewind episode. We will be heading into our college years, I guess you could say, um, and Mm -hmm. trying to confront the books that we hated from those times. So I'm going to be going first. And... I need everybody to let me explain before you all at me. <laughs> we are going to be reading a book by... Not a book. Yeah. By Terry Pratchett. Oh my God. No, you bitch. Is it Masquerade? No, it's literally any Terry Pratchett book. I'm trying to pick a specific oh. one because... Because I know I made you read Masquerade mm-hmm. and you were like, this is boring. Yeah. But I was like, I thought you would like it because it's Phantom of the Opera. I've never finished a Terry Pratchett book, but I own like 10 of them. You're insane. You're insane. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Let me see the ones I have on my shelf. Should I try? Can I like pick one I think you might well, like? Well, here's the one I want to do because... Okay, what's the one you want to do? It's going to be one coming out... In December, I thought perhaps we could read Discworld oh, number 20, Hogfather. Hogfather is my favorite. So again, I want to be very clear. What I am saying is that I have tried a couple times to read Terry Pratchett and I could never get into it. So I'm considering it a book that I hated. And so I, mm-hmm. I know everybody loves Terry Pratchett. He's wonderful and beautiful in the best person who ever walked the earth i get it so i'm gonna try to legitimately give this book a chance and actually get oh, through I the whole thing yes. and hopefully once i get into it i will actually like it so i hope so as oh my a gosh merry we christmas can read all of them and this us. can become a terry project podcast as a merry christmas treat to us my rewind is gonna be Hogfather by Terry Pratchett. So i am so please don't at me about that. this guys i know he's really good i know everybody loves him okay like mm-hmm. When was the last time you tried to in read college. a Terry Pratchett book? In college. Oh, in college. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. So it's been a while. Yeah. I think I think you'll like okay. it. I, mm, mm. Yeah. 
<laughs> so check that out. We've got I'm uh, so Ready happy. Player I'm One. filled with holiday cheer. <laughs> You're welcome. We've got Ready Player One coming up and then Hogfather after that if you guys want to read along. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you do want to yell at me for not having ever read a Terry Pratchett book all the way through, you can mm-hmm. uh, tweet at us hate, at HateReadCast on Twitter or email us uh, HateReadCast at gmail.com. We will happily read all of your protestations about how I'm a terrible person and a terrible reader mm. and a bad science fiction and fantasy fan for never reading Terry Pratchett on this uh, podcast when we get to that episode. <laughs> so please tweet us your thoughts and opinions. But don't tweet at me because I love Terry Pratchett. Yeah, yeah. Just tweet at tweet our show, but specifically me. Yeah. Make sure to direct all of hate towards M for this challenge. <laughs> um, <laughs> as always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can find a link to his YouTube in our show notes. Yes. And if you like what you're hearing in this episode and all of our others, feel free to subscribe to us on the platform you're using to listen to us. And if it is iTunes, or if it's not, if you just really like to use iTunes to rate podcasts, do that for us. Yes. Uh, five stars. If you guys could please, please rate us at five stars. I would like to point out that this episode we are recording on our, well, the day before our podiversary. So we have been doing yes. this for a whole year. We know some of you guys come back and listen to us every week. We've, you know, tracked you in our little, uh, Mm-hmm. statistics we know who you are um this is well we know what city we you know live in. what city you live in um so guys if you've been listening to us we would really 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 appreciate it if you could go leave us a review in itunes because that is how we are found by other people who might listen to us yes cool time um, for a quote and in the words of stacy J. A rose by any other name would still smell as impossible because it's Shakespeare. Get it, get, you, guys. you guys? Get it? It's so get it. It's so clever. <laughs> smell as impossible. So stupid. Oh my god, dumb book. <laughs> I just got to the line. I, period, Romeo, period, I, in italics, will save the world. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. It's so bad.